Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first case I am telling you about is of 37-year-old Kimberly Teresa Williams, who vanished from an apartment in La Mesa, California back in June 1995 under very suspicious circumstances. Despite her body never being located, and a suspect tried and convicted for her presumed murder, she is reportedly still classified as a missing person. The second case I'm sharing today is an unsolved missing persons case from over 20 years ago. Laura Mason was 45 years old when she disappeared from Kansas City, Missouri, on March 24, 1993. The night she was last seen, she was out celebrating her recent birthday. Police suspect foul play in her case, but it still remains unsolved. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. These are the stories of the mysterious disappearances of Kimberly Teresa Williams and Laura E. Mason. Thirty-seven-year-old Kimberly Teresa Williams was last seen in La Mesa, California, on June 20, 1995. Before she disappeared under very suspicious circumstances, Kim was at an apartment with a man named Michael Greg Green when a witness overheard a violent and explosive argument between them and called the police. The police were dispatched to the apartment to help, but it's unclear how long it took for authorities to arrive at the scene. Unfortunately, it appeared they had come too late, because when they arrived, Kim and Green weren't there. According to a witness at the apartment complex, by the time the officers responded to the scene, Green had already driven away in his van, with Kim in the passenger seat. She was sitting upright, but not moving. A witness relayed to the La Mesa Police Department that Kim seemed to be strategically positioned in the van, because she was eerily still and reportedly didn't appear to be alert. Supposedly, Michael Greg Green came back to the apartment in the middle of the night to remove his belongings, although some reports say he did not come back for his belongings. However, after that, Green never returned to live at that apartment. He wouldn't be found again until he was arrested 
for an unrelated crime years after Kim went missing. After that day, Kim Williams was never heard from or seen again. Prior to her disappearance, she had told other people in her life that Green was violent with her, and she was afraid for her life. I couldn't find in my research any information about the nature of Kim and Michael Green's relationship. I do think it's possible they were in a close romantic relationship, but this has not been confirmed. Years later, Michael Greg Green was convicted of an attempted murder in the unrelated stabbing of another woman. But in a shocking turn of events, he was tried for this crime, along with Kimberly Teresa Williams' presumed murder, even though there was no confession or physical evidence to tie him to the crime. He is currently serving 131 years to life in prison for both crimes. I find his conviction for the presumed murder of Kim very questionable. Obviously, the fact that Kim went missing and the fact that years later, the last person she was seen with was convicted with attempted murder is good reason to label Green as a suspect. However, without substantial evidence, I'm struggling to understand how this man was even convicted. There's no body and no physical evidence. At least I assume so because if there was, it would have been reported. Not to mention, it has not been reported that Green confessed to the crime. In addition, no reports or public statements from La Mesa Police Department have stated what evidence led them to arrest, try, and convict Green, aside from the witness statements. Honestly, I'm very curious about how this trial went down, but I couldn't access any research material that talked about the trial for Kim's presumed murder. Obviously, if the prosecutor's office of La Mesa PD released more information to the public about this case, I think it would clarify any questions that come up with this conviction for Kim's presumed murder. The search for Kim still continues decades later. According to reports, Kim remains a missing person despite Green being convicted for her presumed murder. Kimberly Teresa Williams' body has never been found, but foul play is suspected in her case due to the circumstances involved. There are very, very limited media reports out there about this case, despite the suspicious circumstances of the case and the fact that a body has still not been found. All that is out there is limited information and details about the case. I couldn't even find out information about who Kim was before she went missing. I really dislike telling these cases without some background information on the victims because I believe these victims are more than the violence that happens to them. But I also felt strongly that her story needed to be told. At the time of her disappearance, Kim was 5 foot 5 and weighed 120 pounds. She had black, dark brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing blue Levi jeans and a purple t-shirt. Kim would be 64 the year this was published. If you have any information about the disappearance of Kimberly Teresa Williams, please contact the La Mesa Police Department at 619-461-1224. The case number is 95 When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Laura Mason was 45 years old when she disappeared in the spring of 1993. She was last seen in Kansas City, Missouri, on March 24, 1993 to be exact. Before she disappeared, Laura was working as a nursing assistant. Those close to Laura were made aware of her disappearance after she failed to pick up her last paycheck. On the day she was last seen, a family member dropped her off at the El Capitan Lounge at 10.30 p.m. This lounge was a jazz club, which was located in the vicinity of Paseo Boulevard and the 1600 block of East 18th Street. She was at the lounge that night to celebrate her recent birthday. Witnesses nearby saw Laura entering the lounge owner's vehicle situated outside the building that night. It is important to note that the lounge owner also happened to be Laura's former brother-in-law. After she got into his vehicle, she was never seen again. When police spoke with the last person who saw Laura, a man by the name of Richard Stallings, they didn't know what to think of him. He told authorities that shortly after getting into the car together, he drove her to the intersection of 18th Street and Highland Avenue and dropped her off there. He claimed that Laura was planning to visit the Mutual Musicians Foundation in the 1800 block of Highland Avenue that evening. However, investigators felt that Stallings' statements regarding Laura's sudden disappearance were inconsistent. Two years after Laura Mason went missing, the last person who saw her, Richard Stalling, faced a trial for the death of his girlfriend, Donna Meredith. He was eventually charged with first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison for that crime. To this day, Stallings maintains that he is innocent, he claims he wasn't the one to kill Donna Meredith. According to him, he only knew of Donna's tragic murder after seeing it on the news. And the victims of the state website, which documents cases that it believes are of wrongfully convicted felons, co-signs this idea that Stallings was wrongfully convicted for a crime he didn't commit. 
I'm going to read an excerpt of the court documents from the Donna Meredith case that I think is interesting. It reads as follows. Donna Meredith began a romantic relationship with Mr. Stallings in 1992. The evidence indicates that Mr. Stallings was jealous and possessive of Miss Meredith. Huey James Love was acquitted with both Miss Meredith and Mr. Stallings. In 1993, after he had been released from prison, Mr. Love started seeing Miss Meredith, but stopped seeing her because Mr. Stallings warned Mr. Love that, quote, he felt like I was coming between him and his woman, and he thought he was going to have to do something to me, end quote. Mr. Stallings also threatened Willie Wells, a friend of Miss Meredith, leaving a message on Mr. Wells' answering machine, telling Mr. Wells to stay away from Miss Meredith. The message continued that Mr. Wells, quote, was a lucky man because if it had been yesterday, I, meaning Wells, would have been dead and I would have never known why I was being killed, end quote. When Mr. Wells next encountered Mr. Stallings during a dart tournament at the My Way restaurant and lounge, Mr. Stallings told Mr. Wells to stay away from Miss Meredith. Mr. Stallings then attacked Mr. Wells by hitting him with a chair. At some point during the ensuing altercation, Mr. Wells left the restaurant and drove off in his car. Mr. Stallings pursued Mr. Wells, but ultimately wrecked his own car before the police arrived. Miss Meredith's sister, testified that in December 1994, Mr. Stallings threatened to kill a male friend who complimented Miss Meredith. Miss Meredith broke up with Mr. Stallings in late 1994. She confided to her daughter, Zena Miles, and her best friend, Brenda, her fears concerning Mr. Stallings. Brenda testified that Miss Meredith had told her that Mr. Stallings had continued to call even after the breakup. On one occasion, Brenda went over to Miss Meredith's home and saw Mr. Stallings, who gave her an angry look. When Miss Meredith later telephoned Brenda, Miss Meredith was crying. She told Brenda that Mr. Stallings had beaten her up, thrown her on the bed, stuck a pistol in her mouth, and told her that he would kill her. Miss Miles testified that she had observed a change in the relationship between Mr. Stallings and her mother. She recounted that on one occasion, in late December 1994, or early January 1995, Miss Meredith told her, quote, if I come up dead, Richard did it, end quote. According to the court documents I just read, it seems pretty clear to me that Richard Stallings was painted as a violent person, yet he still maintains his innocence in both crimes. Years later, Richard Stallings also maintains that he is innocent in the disappearance of Laura Mason and says he doesn't know what could have happened to her that night. Over 20 years later in 2015, Missouri law enforcement received a lead that the remains of Laura Mason may have been buried in the backyard of Richard Stallings' former home for all these years. This home was located in South Kansas City on Hardesty Avenue. After searching and digging up the yard of Stallings' old residence for two days, the police had to call it off because detectives still couldn't find any evidence to help with the case. So they were back to square one. For decades, Laura's friends and family have waited for an answer regarding what happened to her on the evening, where she went out just to have some fun and to celebrate her life. Foul play is suspected in her case, but her case remains unsolved. After Laura went missing, the family eventually established the Laura E. Mason Foundation to continue her legacy through community outreach 
philanthropic work, and building arts and education efforts for underserved youth. If you'd like to learn more about the foundation, I've linked it in the show notes. At the time of her disappearance, Laura Mason was 5 feet 6 inches tall and weighed 140 pounds. She had black-slash-dark brown curly hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a green and black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, a black coat, black shoes, and an Anne Klein watch. She has used the alias Nadia Muhammad and was known to use the last names Marks or Brannock. Anyone with information regarding this case is urged to contact the Kansas City Police Department at 816-234-5136 or their local authorities. The agency case number is Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.